When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the final hours here, Thursday edition. Glad you're with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Hutton Withrow. We've got conference tournaments going on right now. We're in the heart of the early session. Evening session still to come. Bridgestone Arena, a block and a half away from where we sit right now, where Tennessee and Ole Miss are in the second half with more live scoreboard update. Here's Davey Hudson. Thanks, guys. So the Vols uh, have been able to extend the lead a little bit with about 13 minutes left to go in the game. They are up on Ole Miss 50-41. to 41. Uh, Another game we haven't uh, really talked about, but it has been close throughout. UCLA second-ranked Bruins leading Colorado 69-63. to 63. Uh, A little under three minutes left in that one. And Kansas look as though they are going to hold on. They are playing West Virginia and currently leading 62-53. to 53. Duke ultimately going back to the ACC. Did not get to 100. They finally just decided, you oh. know what, we'll just throw in the towel. They ended up winning that one. 96 to 69 over Pitt. 96 69. Uh, call, call State. Off the dogs. Duke did. They, Speaking of the dogs, they didn't Mississippi want to State them. wins over Florida 69 68 earlier. They advanced to take on Alabama. Big tomorrow. win for their NCAA tournament hopes. Would have been a huge loss, I should say. Uh, I well, don't, yeah. don't know what the win does other than they were probably in before and now they're really probably in, but uh, a loss would have, been, would have been bad. Chad, what are you expecting from the Vols? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I don't. I still. It's been a crazy year where I still don't know what they are without Ziggler. They I, look like a championship team yeah, for about two months. They're a good defensive team, and they've been number one in, in the Ken Palm defensive efficiency, pretty much start to finish in college basketball. Um, Ole Miss is each team's going to deploy a different strategy. Ole Miss is running and trapping whoever brings the ball up, and it's worked a few times to create some turnovers. So everyone's going to play them different and look at them different. So it's it's just hard to tell what they are right now. Uh, Ole Miss making a run to get back in it right now as it is now a 50-43 to 43 game. No, Ole Miss for three, 50-46, now down to a four-point game. With 12 minutes to play. Tennessee leading Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, they're, you know, they're not going anywhere, but this moves Tennessee down a seat if they lose. I would right? think a so, A five yeah. seed probably? I would, I, five, I, I would matchup. think a four or five. Maybe not. You know, maybe not a five. If they're a three now, I'd probably move them down to a four. If they're a, a four right now, it probably moves them to five. But I think they're probably a three at this point. But again, Hutton, what do we say every year? We don't year? know. We don't know year to year what, how they view conference tournaments. A year ago, they didn't matter. The year before, they did. So it's hard to tell. Hit us up on, out, on social at Outkick360. Chad, Arch Manning, do you buy that he is in a – He's actually in a battle with Quinn Ewers at Texas as we enter spring ball. Sarkeesian saying it's open. I don't buy it. I think this is just this is setting the table to try to motivate Ewers. I don't. I mean, if I'm Ewers, I know I'm starting. That would be my mentality. And I think going into this season, you would want a red shirt Manning if you could, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I don't even know if it's redshirting. Just get yours another year as a starter with that experience, and then 
you know, Arch would start. Because, I mean, he's if he's as good as advertised, he's probably going to be gone after, you know, three years removed from right. high school no matter what. But so here's I, don't, a, I don't know if you have to redshirt him. But here's also to do that. the line of thinking now with the open transfer portal. If Ewers thought he was going to lose the job to man, why is he still there? If it's an open competition. Just knowing the the lay of the land of college football I think today. It's, I think it's semantics. I agree. So... Is it a headline or not is basically what they, the Yeah, topic. what they want to happen is they want Quinn Ewers to win the job. They also, you don't land Arch Manning yeah, that's and, fair and have too. him come in and say, you know, you're on the bench, kid, and you have no chance at starting. Um, so, I, again, I, I think what Texas ultimately wants and what Steve Sarkeesian wants is for Quinn Ewers to win the job and be the undoubted leader of the team quarterback going into the season. I think when you say, you know, it's an open competition in spring, it's because you know you've landed maybe this generational type guy with a famous last name. And if he's coming into your program, I think it's fine to say that it's an open competition, even if we don't believe it. Even if he doesn't want to believe it. I'm talking about Sarkeesian yeah. when he says it. Uh, I mean, Sarkeesian, what's the win total that keeps his job? Eight wins. That was last year. I mean, how do you stare? I, I don't how do you think, staircase it to where he's actually coaching uh, coaching Arch Manning when they move to the SEC? I don't think he's in trouble, and I say that because of Arch Manning, and because I I don't think they're going it, someone that could get the recruiting class he just landed. Um, I don't think they're going to want to go into a transition on top of the SEC to a new coach at that time. Now it could be disastrous. They could it go could to Quinn be. Ewers, and they're terrible, and that's that's the chance for anyone, right? I mean, if it's really bad, they could fire him. But I mean, I think if this is a seven and five team, I think he's fine. Seven and five, eight and four type team, he's going to be just. Fine. A lot of people that don't think seven wins keeps his job, though. You know, with, with the with what is expected at Texas. I think if you do that, but you do have Arch it's, Manning. It's one who of those moves Texas. you make. I, yeah, look, you're right. I, I've not been that impressed with Steve Sarkeesian so far at Texas. There's some good and some bad. I'm not overly impressed. Yeah, there's not but if you make that move, it's a move you make when you're saying, "I know who we're going to go get, and it's big time." Or I know who Arch likes. Or yeah, or we know exactly <laughs> David Cutcliffe is going to get right. back in. You know, right. but they, they know exactly who they're going to go get. Right? Who the AD wants? Who is best for the program? Everything. Yeah. Uh, again, like I. I don't know what the win total is, but saying that it's an open competition tells me he knows what the win total is. He also knows who controls that. It's yeah, the I, freshman. I just I think it's just coach talk right now. I mean, I, I I do. Most look if you've got a really established guy coming back, Hendon Hooker a year ago at Tennessee, that was one where Josh Heupel said, "Yeah, there's no competition. Right. He's a starter going into the year because you knew it, and you didn't need to say that there was competition." And you didn't want to create competition. I think with Arch Manning, it's good to create at least the illusion of competition when he comes in, even if it's not reality. Right now at outkick.com, uh, just posted, John Ruiz. I won't call him a booster because he's suing the NCAA over the word. Um, he is the, can we say team owner? Would he be okay with that, Chad? John Ruiz at oh, Miami? I think, I think he would definitely be okay with that. Would, Miami, would the University of Miami athletic, be okay with that description? Athletic, Probably not. Should I just call him AD? Um, he wants to be very clear that he is not a booster, quote-unquote, by NCAA definition. And within the next 10 days, he plans to file a lawsuit over that, over the definition of booster and how the NCAA has categorized him 
as a booster for Miami based on the penalty that Miami has negotiated with the NCAA to take, where it's the program's issue. Ruiz isn't being penalized, at least from the NCAA. Maybe he's going to claim that his business has been penalized. We'll see. Uh, the athletes will not be penalized in anything that the Hurricanes have you know, admitted to or not admitted to but have signed on the dotted line for. But, Chad, Ruiz, we're about to see another precedent set here. Yeah. If he does this. This is very important. This is a story to follow because I think John Ruiz is right. You know, he's, he was a booster. Right. You know, alum who's a big supporter yep. and all that, and there's rules around boosters in the NCAA, but once you get into the collective business, you are a separate entity that's not exactly. just a normal booster. Which is why they were not penalized, only I, the university. I kind of I think John Ruiz is doing the Lord's work here. He says he like, does he's, not he's meet the carry, definition of booster. He's going to carry the mantle for all the collectives or anyone who graduated from a school that runs a collective this is also, that otherwise would be viewed as a booster. He's going to get the legal precedent for all of those people. And this is huge for Texas A&M. Possibly, yes. Because A&M... What they're doing is you can join the Aggie Club, right? And you donate a certain amount, and then it goes through the athletic department, but you don't get tickets. It's a separate payment, quote-unquote, for tickets. Well, as a part of the first definition of booster through the NCAA, provided a donation in order to obtain season tickets for any sport at the university. That's bullet point number one. Number two, participated in or has been a member of an organization promoting the university's athletic programs, made financial contributions to the athletic department or to a university booster organization, arranged for or provided employment for enrolled student-athletes, assisted or has been requested by university staff to assist in the recruitment of prospective student-athletes, assisted in providing benefits to enrolled student-athletes and their families, or been involved otherwise in promoting university athletics. I mean, that's a lot. As long as you are independent from the university and everything funnels through you for the player, you're not a booster. Based on this, that's how I read this. And as long as you're not getting season tickets in exchange for that from the university, wipe your hands of it. Yes. You're not a booster. And that's going to help Texas A&M. That's why Texas A&M is saying, yeah, we did this. And no, we're not breaking any rules based on the way it's written right now. What if Texas A&M jumps in on this lawsuit? I wouldn't do anything if I'm Texas A&M. Yeah, like I said, I would sit right back now, and let you, John Ruiz. You've be got my John guy. Ruiz doing the Lord's work. Who's going to set that legal precedent for A&M and everyone else that's trying to prove that the the term booster and the definition of booster, not just the term, the definition of the word booster is outdated with today's NIL landscape in the NCAA. And if he does that, that's going to be really good for these schools that have active NIL programs and collectives, especially when they're led by alumni, formerly people that would and, be known as boosters. Right, and it comes down to, did his company, did his business come to terms with an athlete based on a acquaintance, a relationship with the university, or was this just between him and the athlete. And that's all he has to prove to win this. On the other side, I mean, if you have a good representation, if you're the NCAA, you can also set a precedent by winning this. 
by not letting him win. How good are the NCAA attorneys these days? I, uh, I would say they're pretty good still. I mean, they're that, okay unless you go to the that Supreme NCAA Court. basketball tournament makes a tiny bit of money for them, and it all goes well, into the NCAA. So they do have money where yeah. they can pay high-priced attorneys. Um, let me also ask this question to you, Hudden. How hard do they want to fight this? Well, I would think pretty hard based on the fact that they just came to terms with a penalty for Miami. I don't know why they're back into this I, game. I, I wouldn't care. Like, if I were them, I wouldn't care. I'd almost just... They're only going after the high-profile issues, though. I would almost just want John Weiss, if you could just bypass everyone and take this immediately to the Supreme Court, <laughs> right? And say, yeah. um, will you tell us what this is, please? Well... Sirs and ma'ams, will you please help us out with the definition of this? Because we can't figure it out. We, and does the NCAA even really, you know, care? That's my point is, I know. what do they really care? Well, they, do, how much are they scared compared to care, right? And for whatever reason, they I, just penalized the Miami Hurricanes based on the twins that are playing hoops, right? Yeah. So the Cavender why, twins. Why did they do that if they are scared about another lawsuit, which Ruiz is saying he's going to file in the next 10 days? He's yet to file first, but he's got to sue before we get there. But again, like this is, this was the reason why we saw Emmert take a step back as an institution, as an NCAA body, and say, hey, uh, universities handle it, state laws, follow that, conferences, govern. We're not involved anymore. Have at it. And now they're back in it. But they're only in it with the university. And Ruiz is stepping up on behalf of Miami, even though it's not on behalf of Miami, to win this. Yeah, it's, it's... Because he's won everything else. You know, the question I'd have is just how much of it is I believe this to be right versus I just want to be right. And I want someone to tell me I'm right. Well... What's the cause? If you're the NCAA, the are you be, really dying on this hill of the definition of booster versus collective versus everything else? And do you just want to be right against John Ruiz so bad? Is it pride or do you really believe in something? I think it's belief I don't know the in the answer fact that. that we're going to... It's a cry for help, honestly. They need federal legislation. They do, but they're having John Ruiz sue them to get maybe, help. May, maybe they don't At realize help that. On a definition. Maybe it takes another loss yeah. to where all hope is lost in any regulation, in any penalty for breaking guidelines. They're not even rules. They call them guidelines. Are you telling like uh, interim guidelines? Again, like, some of them, right? That's not even just, just guidelines. Think, interim just think about guidelines. Your, if you own a business, if you work for a company, and you get something sent to you that says these are guidelines versus this is the employee handbook rule. Which one are you following? Um, I, I, the rule. I would follow the law or the rule. The rule, not the not the guidelines. Some more loose suggestions. The though. guidelines. That's, that's yeah, what we it's need. a suggestion. Like uh, that's how I take that, and that's it's guidelines that they're penalizing Miami over. And the reason why they're not worried about the university coming back on them is the university basically settled before it came to be an issue. So they agreed on the penalty ahead of time. It's a lawsuit to follow because it is a, it is a precedent I, setter so for Shannon everyone. Terry, it's not just about Miami versus the NCAA. This is a precedent setter for everyone. Shannon Terry of On3, he said recently that he sees over the next 12 months or so federal legislation really getting a boost when, in regards to name image likeness. He'll be in with us next week. But if that's the case, maybe this is the white flag or the red flag or the neon sign that says, please jump in and do something about this. We've had politicians on. We've had congressmen and women on that say, yeah, we've talked with leadership of 
college sports, but we haven't really gotten anywhere. And if it's state to state, we need some governing umbrella over that. I really wish that there was a way. I don't. I'm not trying to involve the Supreme Court in everything, the highest court of the Might land. Might as well go ahead. But can you do like an arbitration process? <laughs> I mean, not not necessarily just with the Supreme Court, but I wish I wish there was enough continuity on both sides that both sides could agree on an arbitrator that could come in the middle and say, "This is it." The arbiter of all things. Yeah. NCAA. You see where Durant... But it would take the NCAA and the other side. Right. Schools, it would be, collectives. Yeah, hey, this guy or this well, girl or this group will be... And it's probably going to be the Supreme Court will be that group. The haves but this the group will decide on the rules moving forward. You see Durant warming up last night. He was supposed to make his home debut with the Suns and he slipped. It looked like the floor was wet. It was awkward. Yeah. Although if you're nearly seven feet tall, I guess any fall is awkward. Yeah. Kevin Durant has a way of looking like a baby giraffe at times yeah. to begin with, just yeah. with his size and how lanky he is. Yeah. He doesn't really have his footing whenever he, yeah. well, for, for the most part, he always does. But when he does it, it looks like a giraffe. I'm not, right, I'm like not giraffe commenting falling. on his coordination. I realize he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I'm just saying when when, he falls, how lanky he is. When he falls. When he falls, <laughs> it looks like a baby giraffe trying to walk for the first it time. Also, like his ankle buckled too. It looked like the floor was wet on just warm. He was just going for a layup during warm-ups. And what just, son's ball boy just got tossed for that mistake? I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Like if Think about someone the, over like the head managers, you know, pointing out, is this your wet spot here, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> is this yours, Logan? Whoever the kid is. But, Get but that of all time. players, there were multiple players that went through that spot, right? And then it's Durant that hits it and slips and buckles. That's not the one you want. And imagine being the fans going to the game. We just got up. Is this load management? No, it's an actual injury to the player. Could have been that twelfth player on the bench. You know, had to be Kevin Durant. It had to be him. Hit us up uh, with uh, your thoughts and comments at Outkick Three Six. You can join Chad in the chat as well on YouTube. Scoreboard updates over the next forty-five minutes. Plus, Ja Morant, the very latest with the Grizzly star and everything off the court. Next, Outkick Three Sixty. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Tennessee leading Ole Miss 
by 12 with 5.45 remaining second half. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Conference tournaments galore. Next week, we'll have the scores for you throughout the NCAA tournament. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Selection Sunday. One of my favorite up. times of the year. That first so, Thursday of the tournament. Oh, yeah. And then the Masters is just around the corner. Oh, yeah. Chad will be mowing his lawn before, before then. I talked to That's someone who's mowed their lawn twice already. What? Yes. I said, you must have really good fertilization plan. Like whoever's working, treating your yard what? is doing a really good job if you've mowed your yard twice already. I have not already. seen any grass. Uh, I've have got you? grass. I, I, my backyard could use a mow probably this weekend. It won't be mowed this weekend. I'm going to hold out. But it could, <laughs> it use, could use a mow. It could use a mow. It, you gotta, it, to me, it's the NCAA tournament. It'll be around 70 degrees wherever you're listening. right? There's always that one 70-degree hit. And then the Masters hits, and you're like, Oh, I got to get outside and do something. Got to break a sweat. I uh, yeah, you do, you, don't, you do feel. not want to get outside and do something other than unless you're at a patio bar watching games during the NCAA tournament. But yeah, Masters, you want to get outside. Yeah, but it's the it's the time of year though. It, like, yeah, it feeds into the Masters. I remember covering an NCAA tournament one year in Providence, and it was like 68 and sunny the first day of the tournament. Yeah. It was like 24 the day before. And I'm thinking, this is divine providence in Providence (laughs) that the first day of the tournament, it feels like spring. It was amazing. So, Ja Morant, the gun incident most recently, reportedly came after the Grizzlies held a players-only meeting about showing better discipline on the road. And since then, Chad, Colorado police say no charges for Ja Morant. And they also extended the hiatus. I don't know if they're calling it a suspension. The hiatus to four games, not two. But the message. What is the what, what is the hiatus? Like I don't. Well, I, that's my term. I don't know yeah, what they're calling. Yeah, but it. it's just so stupid. Personal time. But the Grizzlies announced that it's going to be four games. But I thought it was John Morant saying I'm stepping away from the team for a couple games. So yeah. shouldn't he be announcing that? Yeah. This is also dumb. Yeah, I agree. So he's now going to miss the Grizzlies game against the Warriors Thursday today, and he's got. The Mavs on Saturday you'll miss. Also um, at Dallas on Monday and then the Heat on March 15th. NBA rules prohibit a player from possessing a firearm while on team property or traveling on team business. So that would violate NBA rules. I feel like the authorities just didn't want to mess with it because I don't know a place in America that serves alcohol like a strip club right. where you could uh, bring a weapon well, in. But it's not clear if he was intoxicated or drinking. And Colorado, I think, I'm Colorado telling you when they sell it. Right. Place where they sell This is not, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> you don't walk into the saloon, right. you know, loaded for bear. Right. When you're in, I think uh, the rule. Uh, and Chad, this is not you or I. This is John Moran. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Cor- that's. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just, I don't, I feel like that's a thing. Like you don't, you can't bring guns into bars. I mean, am I, I making up laws left and right I here? I think I would, I'm really so showing my lack of a Colorado legal degree. Is an oh, open fear. carry state. Davey went to law school. Does Davey know this? This is um, this is one we could ask Davey. You can't carry a firearm in Colorado on federal property. I do um, know you can't. I mean, you're not going to be able to drink alcohol and carry a firearm. Like that's just like pretty much blanket rule across the country. But isn't it a blanket rule that also if you're selling alcohol somewhere, you just can't bring it in? No, for you that can very legally. Because you can have an open carry. You just can't. Consume alcohol. I wonder Hutton if is uh, correct on that. I wonder if John Morant has the carry permit. I don't know. That'd be the next piece of. I don't still, have the answer. Like, you, but... You're not allowed based on NBA rules to carry. Period. 
yeah. on NBA business. Well, it said NBA property, so or, I guess any road trip. on the road for gotcha. NBA business. Gotcha. Team business, which would be NBA But business. he's not suspended. Once again, though, they it's They have it's not his, used that word to my knowledge. It's been, so, it's been his so choice soft. to step away for personal time. Work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being, is the quote. So the first part of this story, Hutton, that yeah. you brought up, the team only meeting, and then this happens immediately yeah. after. This shows me that John Morant, while he is a great talent, is a terrible teammate. Steven Adams, by all reports, is the, one of the more vocal ones that called this meeting about their road record is terrible and how to conduct themselves better on the road to be more professional and you know win some more games on the road and not be so bad. Um, it Message not delivered with John Morant. So I see that, and I think he's not a leader. And not only that, he's not a very good teammate if that's a decision that he made. Now, he can come back from that. He could sure. go hat in hand and apologize to the team and say, I've been going through some stuff. This is all on me. I'll be better. And things will be fine. Because ultimately, what do we forgive in sports? Great players. So he's a great player. So he's going to you know, play great, I'm sure, for the, the Grizzlies. But man, this is just a terrible look all around Yeah, with this latest report. Well, and, and my overall point with this is we can see this snowballing, right? Yeah. The snowball effect. Bigger and bigger. I feel like I'm watching the demise of John Morant in front of my own eyes. And I don't like that. And I think the, it's like we're watching the VH1 obvious, behind the music, yeah, but the John Moran edition. It feels that way in real time. Yeah, and it, it just—it's it, just a weird feeling I get based on the incidents that have now compiled. Even if he's not specifically involved in them, someone from his group allegedly has been right, and so I automatically look to like we're we're seeing one of the more talented basketball players on the globe. And the downfall, not the rise, not the ascension of one of the superstars. And he's right there. And that's what I hate. And I wish the league would do more to step in. And it has gone from he needs to run with a better crowd and maybe distance himself from some of the the. And sometimes you, can't help the, sometimes you can't help the player. I just don't see much help being offered. No, here. and also like you can't pick your dad. I understand like sure. his dad's part of his, his group around him, right? But... I, it's to me. It's shifted from he needs to get better friends or surround himself with different people. To this is on John Moran. He's a part of this, right? He's an active part. It this is not just him. he's not just being drugged down. He's dragging people down. But if there's no him. repercussions of what whatever's going on along this timeline, then what difference does it make what he's doing? Oh, yeah, let's not use the word suspend. Well, he is right. not suspended. Yeah. There is no suspension. That'll be that new, we support uh, him. We support be banned by Disney John Morant. Whenever yeah. we see him take over as CEO. Adam NBA. Silver Adam takes Silver, over as CEO, yeah. and his first step as Disney is to you cannot finally use the suspend. Word suspend. <laughs> finally, we suspend the word suspend. He suspends John Morant <laughs> as CEO of Disney, but he doesn't use the word suspend. He's going to do what John Ruiz did and have a new definition you know, of, of, of the word suspend. He's going to come up with a new word to describe that. That's less it's now four games. It, it's not as abrasive. You know, this word's not as it's it. Uh, suspend is triggering for many, Hutton. So we need to come <laughs> up with a different word that's not going to trigger too many people when we say suspend. That's Adam Silver's next task. Tennessee's up by twelve with three fifteen remaining in the second half against Ole Miss. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that score. We do know Mississippi State has advanced over Florida. They'll take on Alabama tomorrow. Chad, did you see the video of Sean Kemp? 
Yes. And well, allegedly it's Sean Kemp on video. I I presume it to be Sean Kemp uh, on video. He's in a parking lot. It's called a drive-by shooting because uh, he did fire the weapon allegedly. Um, felony drive-by shooting. He was booked, but he's since been released uh, within the last hour or so. No charges. This is from Tacoma, Washington, from former supersonic star Sean Kemp. No charges are immediately being filed against former NBA star Sean Kemp following his arrest in a drive-by shooting in Washington. He's 53 years old. It's hard to believe. I know. Uh, Booked for investigation of felony drive-by shooting shortly before 6 p.m. yesterday, Wednesday, in Tacoma. And no one was injured in the shooting Wednesday afternoon. The the video that I saw from, I believe it was TMZ that had it, um, you can hear one shot. He claims he was fired on first. And there were multiple shots fired. And there are witnesses who say they heard multiple shots. I should also mention that. There are witnesses on the scene that say they heard multiple gunshots. Uh, all you can hear on the video is Kemp. And I'm, I'm assuming it's Kemp. Again, it, I presume it's him. Uh, fire a weapon in a parking lot. But he's been released and there are no charges currently headed his way. Crazy story. And I... I didn't know what Sean Kemp was up to until this headline. I needed a where are they now, speaking of VH1. Rain Man. Well, the Rain Man edition of where yeah. are they now. So back-to-back stories where we got a guy flashing a gun in a yeah. strip club in a video. Zero charges. Nothing to see here. Nothing wrong with that. We have it on video, but no charges. And just shots being fired and no charges. Right. Witnesses, people hearing it, video of it. I mean... Are we in the wild, wild west? Is this is this actually Tombstone? Is it Tacoma, Washington? Is this Do- Tacoma? Is this Dodge is City Tacoma. now with their rules? I mean, I, I, odd that no one's being charged anything. I didn't know that if you but just again, walk I'm, in a parking I'm being lot, forced to dive into the legal matters I don't yeah. know about. I just felt like you know firing at people in public could be a crime. I guess I was wrong. Yeah, uh, altercation between two vehicles. Someone gets out of their car. Shot is fired. No charges here. Gilbert Arenas, speaking of gun charges. Gilbert Arenas. Um, Chad, I know you've got the story on uh, some conversation that he had about the Ford signatures and and Richard Jefferson has some thoughts too. But did you see where he was saying that he was comparing this era or his era to the 80s NBA league? And he was talking about how like he would have he had a bag of Coke that fell out of his sock while playing an NBA game. Arenas did? Yes. And there were people on the bench uh, that were drinking beer out of a water bottle, the area he was comparing to. Yeah. He was like, like, if you really want to go back to the days where no one tested anything, I'm paraphrasing, no one tested anything or you know how, quote unquote, hard the, the, the game was then compared to now, he was referencing what guys were doing on the bench compared to what guys were doing in-game. Um, and getting away with at the time. I mean, there are crazy stories from the, the 70s. Oh, I know. Even the uh, the uh, last dance, Jordan talking about the team he was a rookie on where, oh, you know, road trips were different <laughs> probably than they are, you know, in the modern NBA <laughs> and a, a life that he did not realize existed and just what was going on with his with his teammates. Um, di- different time for sure. But even the Ron Artest, you know, stories of when he was at his worst, he's drinking like a fifth of rum. Yeah. Or a, a pint of rum at halftime of Bulls games when he was playing with the Bulls, just crazy stuff. Yeah, he was saying. So, Arenas was saying like, "Hey, you know, we've got the 
14th guy on the bench, the 11th guy on the bench who knows he's not playing, drinking out of the water bottle. He's like, you think he's thirsty? You think he's hydrating? No. It's just crazy to me that you would make money as a pro athlete. And get away with it, though. But, like, if you're the... Night after night. You're the 12th guy on the bench. Like, your game ends at, you know, 930. Like, just go out. <laughs> right? I mean... Like, why are you drinking on the... Just wait till you go out that night. I think it just shows what they're... You know, they were hard up for. And, and it was Arenas that said he would roll it up in his sock. Not, like, going to the club. He would have, like, illicit drugs in his sock on the court playing why was he using it during the game I, I don't know if he was using it during the game I, I don't think he trusted to leave it anywhere oh i got you so he had it rolled up in his sock and at one point what it, does that say about his teammates that he couldn't even leave it in the locker room i don't know what managers are going back there and doing during the when we're out there playing yeah at one point i gotta it keep, fell out I gotta though, hold the on me i gotta keep it on my person the whole time yeah crazy yeah hit us up at outkick 360 chad what are your vols up to you feel good right now yeah, Tennessee leads 68-55, uh, 12.5-point line, by the way. Vegas is always very close. They're up 13 with 50 seconds left in the game. So Tennessee's going to win. They will advance to take on Missouri tomorrow in this later afternoon game at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville at the SEC tournament. And if you took Tennessee covering the 12.5, well, it was after the shot clock. So they, they hit a three, but it was after the shot clock. Chad, we, uh, earlier this week, we're about to hear from Charles Barkley on Kendrick Perkins. But recap for us. Kendrick Perkins on first take because you stumbled upon this randomly. Turned on the TV, rarely watch first take, but turned it on, and I turned on just in time to see J.J. Reddick starting with, with all due respect to your show, Stephen A., and to this network, and I'm thinking, okay, this could be good. You turned it up. Yeah, immediately I was on mute, and I turned it up. <laughs> um, but when he said that, I'm like, all right, this can be good. And he just goes all in on Kendrick Perkins. And Kendrick Perkins insinuated that – Nikola Jokic mm -hmm. is basically winning MVPs because he's white and because white voters vote in guys that shouldn't win because they're white, right? It, it, implying racism. So J.J. Reddick says, you putting false narratives out there like that that's not based in reality is a problem because people believe what you say. They then believe what you're saying. Right. And they went back and forth. Kendrick Perkins had no good response other than to kind of duck away from his comment and say, I didn't say that. I didn't say that, which he did. Um, he insinuated. It was really dumb. I mean, I, I said it the day that it happened. I, people are all pointing to different tweets that he sent that show that Kendrick Perkins is racist. They keep showing me these things. I, I, don't, I don't know that he's racist. I don't like to just throw out racism to anyone without knowing them, right? So I'm not going to say he's racist. What I can say is that he's just not smart. And that's what we heard with that argument, and we especially heard it when he was somewhat trying to debate J.J. Redick on this point. So Charles Barkley was asked about this, about Perkins' assessment of Jokic. And he says, that's asinine and silly. Asinine, silly and stupid. Pick one of the words, whatever you want. I always talk about ESPN disease. A lot of these guys, when they get on TV and stuff, they're like, well, I'm on ESPN, i got to say something provocative. And you know the thing about it, you're always going to get some fools out there. Some guys probably get some fools calling and agreeing with them. I can promise you this. I've never said anything on television just to get clicks. That don't mean I've been right or wrong. Whatever. That from Charles Barkley. Barkley is one of the few, Chad, that can speak his mind. And unlike 
I'll, we can use Perkins for an example. Unlike Perkins, it doesn't come across as scripted, as set up, or as the environment for which he works, right? Yeah. Barkley is uncensored, and it doesn't matter if you're black, white, if you're playing in the NBA, if you're playing in a pickup game. He's going to give you his honest opinion and assessment of what he sees or what he hears. And in this case, he's dead on right. Live tour with Clay last year or in this regard? People like Barkley because they believe him. They well, don't always agree with him, well, but they believe that you, he honestly believes what he's saying. Right. And he does it in an entertaining way. You believe that what you're getting is authentic. Yeah, that's Barkley. And do you think it was authentic what we heard from Perkins? Or was it just no, it's the next... It's, it's authentically dumb. But authentically on brand it's with ESPN. It's authentically on brand. I do not believe JJ Reddick was off brand. JJ response went rogue, and I, I applaud him because he spoke out against his own company a little bit in doing so. They had to apologize on behalf of Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins didn't apologize. Molly right. Karam did the next day. Right. But for that's pointing out things that were not fact about NBA voters right. being white. Um so no, it I do not believe this is uh Here's the ESPN culture problem. The ESPN culture problem is Kendrick Perkins doesn't think twice about calling white people racist because that's just not controversial to say there. I think it's a very damning accusation to make to point at anyone, I don't care what race you are, and say they're racist. That's why I'm not going to be so quick to just say, well, Kendrick Perkins is just racist. Right. I don't know that. I I've heard him enough to know that he's dumb. I think anyone that listens to him enough knows that. And that's why ESPN's having to come back and apologize for what he's saying about MVP voting. So the ESPN problem is Kendrick Perkins and others can quickly call anything racist and they don't think twice about it, whereas they should think twice about calling everything racist. The problem with this argument is it's Kendrick Perkins on his own making a very dumb argument that's not based at all in fact. And he's insinuating racism. And where J.J. Reddick has the, the smart counterpoint is, you are bringing something in that's just not reality in the voting process when we're looking at this. And I applaud Reddick for saying that, because it's true. Coming up, we'll give you a scoreboard update, some games going final in conference tournaments. Plus, there is a team in the NFL that had 13 wins a year ago that reportedly they're going to be losing some premier talent in the coming days. Details next in Outkick 360. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, glad you're with us. Wrapping up the Thursday edition. Hutton Withrow with you. Follow us on social at Outkick360. Fun show today. Yeah, and we've got some finals from around some conference tournaments. Tennessee and Ole Miss just went final with more. Here's Davey Hudson. 
Thanks. Yeah, you said Tennessee Ole Miss. Tennessee does win that one 70-55. They'll advance to play Missouri. Uh, going out to the Pac-12, UCLA, they were hanging on. Uh, they managed to pull away late. They beat Colorado 80-69. to And then in the Big 12 game here, Kansas, uh, West Virginia was giving them a run for their money, but Kansas ultimately walks away with the winner 78-61. to Now, Coach Bill Self did not coach today. Uh, there was a release that he was feeling ill uh, within the last 10 minutes, they put out another release saying that he will not coach for the remainder of the Big 12 tournament. It's not good. Uh, we wish him the best, for sure, with Bill Self's status there and uh, hope he has a speedy recovery and that he's back for what could be a very long run in the NCAA tournament for Kansas. So um, wishing him the very best. West Virginia was one of those teams hanging around the bubble. So that would have been a huge win today over Kansas had that happened. And Tennessee, sort of a ho-hum, 15-point win over Ole Miss. Yeah. Not, a, not a bad day at the office at all for the Vols uh, without Zakai Ziegler. They get a chance at some revenge tomorrow against a Missouri team that shot about 60% from three in Knoxville and won on a near half-court shot at the buzzer to win the game. I, I do want to pick up on the Bill Self story because I, I'm, just, I'm reading between the lines here because the, the statement from Kansas isn't saying much, but it may be saying a lot because it's not saying much. I, I I hope everything's okay with him. Um, Scott Drew addressed self's absence after the game. Here's his quote. We are prayerful. Life is short. Winning the game of life is the most important thing. If a former a, a fellow coach is saying that, I I don't take this to mean he has the flu. Yeah. Right? It's worse than that. That that's it's troubling. I hope everything's okay with with self here. Because the university is not saying much, and I mean, you've got the uh, another Big Twelve school saying more than the university has to this point. I would hope that they come out and say more. Um, now that this game is over, I can understand in the lead up to a tournament game. Yeah, you may not say everything. I hope now that they've advanced to tomorrow's action, maybe the university comes out and gives a little more, some more details about what's going on. Well, again, I'm just I'm hoping for the best for him, and the fact that he's out. For the tournament, means yeah. he's not. It's not the flu. It's not you know uh, a, a respiratory issue where he's back in a day and a half. When I saw that he was being looked after at University of Kansas Medical Center or yeah, whatever the hospital right. was, my mind immediately went to uh, less sickness and more episode, like some sort of medical episode happened yeah. that would hospitalize him. So again, hopefully Kansas gives some more detail tonight. So you have more, Davey? I do. Uh- Apparently, there was a report going around that he had a heart attack, but Kansas has said that that is false. That's good. Okay. Now we just wait to see what it is. But they won't say what it. Okay. Again, it's uh, it's all speculation. I'm again. I just mentioned what uh, Scott Drew said simply because that's not the tone you send after a game if the guy's just unwell. Yeah. Right. Um, John Rostein reporting right now. No surprise. Georgetown has parted ways with Patrick Ewing. Who did you mention for Georgetown earlier this year? Was it Davey that mentioned this to replace Patrick Ewing? Did we talk well, about Mike we, Bray? Was it? Oh, Mike Bray. That's it. As a possibility? Yep. That could make sense. I mean, Colin may have mentioned that even. Because he um, originally that would, that announced would make the retirement. Sense. He was yeah. retired. Now he's not officially done with hoops. That would be, uh, you know, kind of a Rick Barnes to Tennessee like hire for Georgetown, right? If he's not done coaching. That could be a steadying force for that program. Ewing they, just goes back to the NBA, doesn't he? I would think so. Um, 
Man, I'm, what a, I'm what really a surprised bad, that didn't work. What a bad tenure. I mean, that was awful. Yeah. Uh, what he, you know, his his tenure there in uh, in D.C. Crazy that it was that bad. So uh, the Vikings, 13 wins last year, Chad. Reports are Adam Thielen is close to being cut. Clay just walked in. Is he? Are oh, you Clay. drinking orange soda? Yeah, is Clay that Travis Fanta? just walked in the studio. That's an interesting from the choice. Game. No, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we've got uh, two minutes left. We got could, one minute left. Can we just talk about on. your choice of uh, orange soda? I just thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. You're walking in with that. Adam Thielen, Zadarius Smith is asking for his release. Adam Thielen could be cut, and then they're already going to part ways with Eric Kendricks. Clay Travis joins us for the final 60 seconds or show uh, of the show. I do my best work a minute yeah. at a time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> same, same. Uh, yeah, uh, definition uh, all right the there. Do, all, the, all the best do, Clay. All the best do. How was it over at Bridgestone? It's a good vibe. Um, I think it's going to be pretty electric with Mizzou going up against Tennessee, whoever wins this Auburn-Arkansas game tonight. And then you got Alabama, you got Kentucky, uh, you got... Uh, Auburn-Arkansas could be awesome. Good, should be a really good yeah. game tonight. Um, and, uh, and you know, you look at those eight teams that will be playing tomorrow, should be pretty electric. I'll be on a flight, however, headed to Italy. So uh, I, I will be one of those situations... Where I don't think I'll have any Wi-Fi, so I'll land and see whether I won or lost money to start off the uh, the vacation. <laughs> where do you fly into in Italy? Uh, Florence. Oh. I've never been to Italy at well all. Done. We're going to Florence, Rome, and Naples. So okay. uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. That's um, the right. I think that's the right course. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, we got a travel agent who set it all up. Yep. But uh, I love, I love how Hunt asked it. it. Like you go every every month. <laughs> where do you fly in when you go to Italy? Like we're well, just guys well, that go normally, to Italy monthly. Normally, it's here. Venice or Florence. Because you either fly into Venice for two days, three days in Florence, four days in Rome. That's the typical. He's right. Travel I don't agent. know. I don't know how he knows all this, but that's a hundred percent what they <laughs> typically do on a trip to Italy. So that's exactly what we're doing. I've got it's well done uh, the whole family going. So uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Do you follow sports on a trip to Italy? Well, I will because it's going on during the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, but I'll be six hours ahead or whatever. So I'll probably be waking up early in the morning to see who won all the late night games. And then trying to see if I can get a VPN to, you know, illegally stream uh, games over there, which will I don't imagine it's that easy to find in Italian uh, Italian yeah. bistros or whatever uh, the uh, the NCAA tournament. If you can read the menu, it's not authentic on the outside of the door. And when you see, how the does guy, Hutton know so much about Italy? Uh, well, I bet when, He's when been you go when you go in, there will be guys who come and try to sell you a rose at the table. Yeah, they're head counting because they're part of the mob and they need their cut. Of the taxes, they're going to charge the restaurant Tomorrow's based on show what they will report. be all Italian facts, yep. start to finish. That's I'm all we're just, talking about. I look, here's what I'm trying to do: not trend at any point during the trip. This is Outkick 360. See you tomorrow.